I'm Anna Brisbane, voice of V-I-O-L fucking A, Viola, in Bayonetta 3, and you are listening to the Points of Experience Podcast. Uh, Joe, are you a Harry Potter fan? Yes. Are you a Pokemon fan? Yes. Are you a fan of basically any cartoon, animation, video game, character, fantastical uh, IP that might ever exist in the world? Yes, I'd say so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yes. I mean, it's pretty much for me and probably every listener we have here because our guest today is someone who's more than likely done an impression and a fantastic one at that of one of your favorite characters from those IPs. Um, Everybody, if you can't guess already who we are going to be having on from reading the title, but I like doing this anyway. It's kind of like faux suspense, you know? Like, it's like, oh, who is he talking about? Who's going to be on the podcast? I didn't read the title. I just clicked on the the, the next thumbnail on the list. But, yeah, you, you saw her, her photo already. It's Anna Brisbane, who is a extremely successful YouTuber, um, content creator, most of you will know uh, her from the, her start making a every Pokemon, the original 150 or 151, I forget what it is, Pokemon uh, impression video where she did every impression and it kind of catapulted her career on YouTube. And um, from there, or, she's gone or on just to- every Harry Potter, um, you know, characters voice perfectly. I mean, exactly. And she that- does them all phenomenally. Um that's kind of where she kind of exploded onto the scene and has been a kick-ass voice actor and an actor in general on the scene with some of like, we're going to talk about Bayonetta 3. We're going to talk about God of War, which has now been out for, for a couple minutes here. So I hope you all have gotten to hear her and, and, and see, see her characters in the game. Um, She's worked on Final Fantasy VII Remake. I mean, it's really nice and one of the most humbling episodes we've had with someone who truly cares about what they're doing, the kind of uh, the genre of things she does. She's a fan herself and um, like treats everything as if it's like, you know, her little baby. And uh, I'm so happy to see all the success she's had with Bayonetta. And um, she's just one of the kind of like the coolest people. I mean, she has such a fun personality. That's just like, I felt like myself, right? I felt like my energies got electrocuted talking to her. And it was like by far one of the fastest episodes. Like I felt like I've ever recorded. I looked at the the time and it said, like I did like a time check. And uh, I thought it was like, I was like, all right, we're probably like halfway through. It said like 58 minutes. I was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) I was like, Oh, we can wrap this up here. Uh, Definitely could have talked all day. What were some of the kind of key things or subjects we talked about, Joe, that you you enjoyed about on this episode? Because it was really one of my favorite ones. I know we say that about all of them, but like we just raise the bar every time. She shares a chilling story with us about how she she got electrocuted. (laughs) It's not for the faint of heart, honestly. This episode gets really, really disgusting at some points. Yeah, it's, I'm just it, kidding, but it's not. <laughs> I was gonna lean into that, but yes, no, we we have some fun talking about kind of the, the the trials and tribulations of voice acting. We talk about, like I said, God of War, Bayonetta, her journey as a uh, an aspiring YouTuber into kind of making Brizzy voices, into moving to LA and pursuing this full time, to hanging out with some of the coolest celebrities and on the red carpets around the world. Uh, one of my favorite episodes so far. Give it up for uh, the one, the only, Brizzy Voices, Anna Brisbane on the Points of Experience podcast. 
So I have to comment first off. You have an adorable little uh, fur pup right in your lap right now. <laughs> and if, if, if I'm correct, that is you, you're, you've been fostering a dog, correct? Are you still fostering a dog? Yes. yes but, but that is your dog, right? This is my dog. I am fostering a four-month-old puppy, but I'm pretty sure I just found her new family. It <gasps> seemed really nice, and they just met last night, and she was jumping all over the boys out there on the ground, just covered by her, licking their faces, and they were just giggling, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and one of the I... boys said that he has her picture as his phone wallpaper, and I'm like, <sighs> okay, yeah, you guys, you can have her. Like, <laughs> you're the one. That is a commitment. If you've changed the phone background to yeah. the like, He's that's manifesting it. it. <laughs> yeah, my that's got to be. So I'm super envious of you. I'm I'm fostering a bunny right now, oh an adorable little bunny, um, wh- who I ha- who I have not named because they we we refer to her as Bun Bun because I I feel if I go to the the point of of naming, then yeah. it's it'll be impossible for me to walk away. To the yeah. point of, I'm extremely like you've done this multiple times, correct? You foster quite often. This is a routine no, thing is, for I mean, you. This is just not routine. It's the second no? time, but okay. I wouldn't call it routine. The first one <laughs> I did name, I named her uh, Winky, but mm-hmm. she was like part Chihuahua. I no part of me wants to own a Chihuahua, so <laughs> I still sobbed saying goodbye to her, but it, it was not tempting to actually keep her. <laughs> yeah, well, that's got to be such a. Can you talk to me about kind of your experience? How you got into that and like what's the because for me it's so hard for me to do it do you enjoy the process is it something that you've always wanted to do you kind of fell into it where did fostering animals fall into your life it's such a commendable thing and i wish more people would would consider it i know it's a lot but it's it's such a rewarding experience for some it mostly comes from I want my dog to have uh, someone to play with and a buddy um but I don't think I should fully adopt another dog right now until I get to the point where I can have a yard and they can Mm. go out there and run around and stuff. So for now, (laughs) I'm like, this is just like a temporary solution and also like a good deed all in one. Um, But it is stressful. It is a lot, especially with a puppy. Um, Mm. So I'm definitely going to be taking a break after this. Yeah, probably very much needed. It's emotional too, I'm sure. Like going through the process of meeting people and being like, I know you love this animal, but there's this other family who also loves this animal and they have a yard and it's about what's best for, you know, like that's got to be a lot. Um, Are you... Are you by nature? Did you have animals growing up? Were you an animal lover? Oh, 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 oh boy, we we. Okay, okay. Yeah, what kind oh, of animals God. did you have growing up? My dad um, is a, a an ecologist, a scientist who trains dogs for part oh. of his job. He like trained dogs to like track criminals <laughs> by sending stuff, and he also like. Uh, discovered a breed of dogs in the 70s called the, that he called the Carolina dog that's now like a registered breed and he's worked with like the most rare dog breed in the world the New Guinea singing dogs which are like native to New Guinea and live in the wild out there and they sing and harmonize with each other it's crazy so my dad is kind of like a dog celebrity um if such a thing exists I think he counts um <laughs> <laughs> I think it definitely does yeah, so there was always lots and lots of dogs, but none of them lived inside. They, My dad has, like, a uh, separate uh, property with, like, 14 acres for them to, like, run and, like, kennels where they stay. And, um, and just there's always, like, at least 10 dogs, um, uh-huh. usually 
more like 15-ish. Um, wow. Yeah. So there was always wow. a lot of dogs and then mm. random birds, reptiles, fish were mixed in there. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing and also like extremely fun and <laughs> what a what an experience to have growing up. I'm I'm so glad to know you are an animal lover and I'm glad glad we've got this out of the way cuz that's something that uh, I'm an insane animal lover. I've got I mean, I have four cats right now and now this bunny. I grew up with how dogs do they, too. How do they react with this bunny? Uh, it was very interesting because we were terrified at first cuz we thought, you know, we're literally feeding our cats rabbit yeah. to eat and then there's this little bunny innocently walking around just kind of like hey what's up guys what's going on i want to want to smell you and uh so i have two bangles as well so i was afraid one of the, one of them was going to be like all right this you you've given oh me God. exactly what i want yeah. playful They're dinner on the hunt Exactly. And uh, they've actually been super fine with her, like through like the whole process of keeping her in her own room, letting them sniff each other through the door, kind of doing that separation of space. Um, so they've been kind of cool, although there have been moments where a couple of my cats, my one cat, Jorah, uh, he gets this kind of crazy look in his eye and it, he, he like goes over to her neck and I'm like, no, 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 no. And he, he's like, what? Well, I'm just doing what I think I'm supposed to do. And, oh, my uh, God. But yeah, that's uh, so far so good. There hasn't been a uh, uh, an accident or a problem of any sort, but we're trying to find her a room, but we're also trying to, or a family, because we don't want to keep her, she has her own room. Literally, we have a room dedicated to this bunny at this moment, oh but um, we're trying to get her a family. So if anybody here is listening in, in the Southern California area, we are actually <laughs> looking for a really wonderful home, preferably with another bunny. But uh, oh. enough on that. I want to get to you. And number one, thank you, first of all, for coming on the show. You've been someone who I've wanted to have on for a very long time. I have been oh a... I am a honored. F- looking at, listening to a couple of your episodes and just looking at the people you've talked to, I'm like, what? I <laughs> Me? Okay, geez, I'm at least gonna make you wait until the cool thing comes out so that I have something I can actually talk about. Well, that's extremely, oh man, like you you have such a, a, a great career so far and even with Bayonetta 3 now coming out, that is such a huge thing and I just saw, you just posted a video and it warmed my heart so much because I've been there in that exact yeah. same position where it's a character that you were like, you know, it's a, it's not just a bit part or like a character in a couple of episodes or a supporting that you are a lead character in this monster franchise and you've got to live with this character for such a long time and to see your like such a deeply real response to like the emotions that go through having that happen yeah. it was so endearing to see that from you and you've worked so hard I, I mean from everything you've done on YouTube to showing up and you're, you're a career that I think is a shining example of what it is like to be an artist, a creator, um, an actor in this kind of contemporary age. It's like you are the success model. I feel like for what people should strive to, to stretch out their horizons and, and to try new things and to be multi-talented, be have, you know, it's no longer the idea of the triple threat where you can sing, dance and act. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can make content, you can edit, you can, you're so right. I never, thought right. about it like that but that's what you've had in your career is demanded that's fascinating absolutely so all of this to say i've really admired what you've done in your career um i followed you for a while since you've made that pokemon video all what has it been oh, uh 10 years 10 years wow <laughs> wow crazy crazy so 10 years of youtube and um well, i really 10 just years of brizzy voices 15 years of youtube 16 oh, years boy. of youtube 
<laughs> I want to get into that. So all of this to say, I've been so excited to have you on. Thank you for coming on. I think a lot of people are going to be excited. Um, you are a resource that I've recommended. I've written articles before, and that video you made on like how to get into voice acting, like when I wrote an article during the pandemic, it was oh one God. of the main videos I pinned for people to go Whoa. to and uh, oh. and watch. So thank you, thank you <laughs> for doing that, and uh, congrats on everything. Congrats on your new success and the success to come. Uh, I would love to, if it's okay with you, kind of start a little bit from the beginning and find out. Um, I love to talk with, with actors and artists about what that journey was from kind of childhood to first deciding I'm going to pursue what it is that you're pursuing. So yeah. what were the things you were doing as a kid? What kind of child were you? What kind of environment were you in growing up? Where did you find your love for acting and movies and theater? How did all of this culminate to lead you to the moment of saying, okay, uh, I, I'm assuming that it was like I'm going to go to Tish School of the Arts or whatever it was, mm -hmm. whatever the moment for solidifying, this is the career path I'm going down. I'd love to kind of get the origin story um, as quick or as long as we <laughs> so choose. We've got plenty yeah. of time here, so pull no punches. Um, <laughs> well, I grew up in Aiken, South Carolina with all those dogs, like in a house down in the woods. Um, basically, just, <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier today, I have gone from a debilitatingly shy, selectively mute child to a voice actor. <laughs> Just wow. Like the exact opposite, polar opposite, um, which is fascinating. Because yeah. I, so very, very shy, would not talk to a single stranger, especially adults. Kids, much easier to warm up to. Adults, you're not getting any words from me. Um, <laughs> and... But then I saw the first Harry Potter movie in theaters in fourth grade, and I loved Harry Potter because my mom was reading it to me, and I saw it, this imaginary world that only existed on paper become a real thing, and that was just the coolest thing that is possible, and I wanted to make that happen. I wanted to make more imaginary things that don't exist real. And so I wanted to be an actor and I wanted to be a film actor. And I wanted to be in Harry Potter. Um, so that was basically the plan. Mm -hmm. And um, but I was still debilitatingly shy. I still didn't want to talk to anyone. So I didn't do anything about it for like five years or something. Um, finally, uh, freshman year of high school, I joined the community theater in my town because I went to a teeny, 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 tiny school. Um, with 14 people in my graduating class. So we didn't whoa, have a whoa, theater whoa. program. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is teeny teeny. Yeah. Very teeny tiny. And I went there from kindergarten to graduating high school. Um, the most people I probably had in my class was like 18 to 20, something like that, in any given year. Um, so I knew for everybody in my school, most of them for like my whole life. Um, and finally, freshman year, I joined the community theater program, community theater, not, not even a program, just the town playhouse um, and auditioned for Alice in Wonderland. And I played like flower number two or something, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, got out of my comfort zone and like made new friends who went to other schools and did plays there like for all of high school. And um Eventually uh, applied slash auditioned for NYU, still with the plan to do on-camera film TV acting. Um, went to NYU and 
didn't do a single play while I was there as a theater major. <laughs> what? Um, because I that wasn't my plan. That's not what I wanted to do. I was going for a theater degree, but I knew I wanted to do film and TV. So instead, I was doing like film student projects and stuff all the time. Ah. Um, but freshman film students at NYU and I imagine other places can't just they don't just throw you in like go make a movie they're like here first you're gonna make a little audio drama you're gonna yeah. make a little sound project story um so a friend of a friend I suppose was making one uh that was basically a Pokemon parody um and sight and I... sound is what they were called were they not if I'm I correct because I, I went to so. NYU and oh my uh God. Yes. yeah 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 sight and sound projects for the film and you'd go into like they had the the basically like a sitcom studio almost right I did one for uh-huh. a film student once before and it was like a little box room and you'd have the props and you would do sight and sound uh <laughs> gosh wow yeah. that just kind of like threw a flashback to me um so wait I, I want to clarify too and then sorry to interrupt you you did you go to be a theater major like were you an yes. acting track or did you do oh, so you did acting track yeah, what studio did you track. go into um I started at Playwrights Horizons, and I think it's because during the interview, they were like, it looks like you've directed before. Did you enjoy that? Because I directed something in high school, and I was, you know, I wanted to be impressive, so I was like, yeah, it was great, blah, blah, blah. So I think because of that, they were like, oh, she wants to, like, make theater, not just be an actress so they put hmm. me in the studio where you learn the directing the designing the writing all of the jazz even yeah. though I didn't want to work in theater so but it, I feel like it was good for me as a human like it was yeah. good to like build these different skills and like force me to keep drawing and stuff um and then eventually I went to Stone Street for my advanced studio ah, to okay. learn the on-camera stuff that I actually yes <laughs> I think we and were there probably around the class. same time yeah, with yeah. um, uh, who was the vo- uh, Andy Roth, Andy. right? Yeah, yeah. Shut I was... up. Wait, so you went to Stone Street also? No, I didn't go to Stone Street. So I transferred um in my third year of college from a school in in Jersey. So I was there from twenty twenty or sorry, twenty twenty, uh, <laughs> two thousand and eleven to two thousand fourteen. I was at uh, and what were you there during that time? Oh my God, twenty ten to twenty thirteen. Wow. So we were there probably the same time. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But I went to, I did Meisner all three years, three and a half years that I was um, at NYU. But yeah, oh, I know, amazing. I know, I know Stone Street very well. I'm sure, I mean, I, I, I had, Fr- I'm sure you had Fritz at Playwrights, mm-hmm. right? Um, yep. He was one of my, he directed me in my, my wow. third year play where we did um, an Ionesco ridiculous play where I basically turned into a chicken and laid eggs and all that stuff. So that was ridiculous. <laughs> but NYU, uh, we always joke people who I know from NYU, and you'll probably agree with this, and it kind of falls into maybe your whole life trajectory. It's kind of like Hogwarts, right? Just with all these different <laughs> houses. And yeah. You... <laughs> I, I, sometimes I feel like I was missorted. Like, I really feel like I would have thrived in something like Meisner. Maybe Stella Adler, but they seemed a little too intense. Like, you had to mm. wear all black, no makeup allowed. Like, they were so intense. But oh, Meisner, yeah. I feel like, was just the right amount of, like, acting theory and, like, weirdness. Like, good mix. Whereas playwrights uh, or something, like, experimental were just, like, maybe a little 
too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too ETW much. was interesting. I mean, I, I have a very, I, we might have talked about it before, but one time during an ETW play, I was in that hall uh, on like the 729 was the building, right? For mm, the main yeah. building. Someone, they were in the middle of a play, I'm walking in a hall, and I got hit in the face with a textbook while they were doing a play. And I, I almost lost my mind. But anyway, yeah, that's like that's like what I think of ETW is they don't just give they don't give a shit about anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So okay, you're you're at Playwrights, you decide to go to Stone Street, you're you're finally kind of in this world that you had wanted to because and for those of you who don't know in NYU, you have to do two years of uh kind of your what do they call it, your primary studios. Yeah, yeah. Two years yeah, before you can go to an advanced studio. So you mm-hmm. can't start in Stone Street. They make you start in kind of one of these fundamentals uh yeah. tracks and, they, and then they you assign move... it to you and then you choose the next yeah. one. Yeah. It really is like the sorting hat. It really yeah. is <laughs> like the sorting hat. So they put you in playwrights, you decided to go to Stone Street because that was what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And you did your remainder of your two years there. Is that is that how that worked out? Yeah, I uh, graduated one semester early, and mm-hmm. I spent one semester in Madrid. So uh, I think I I suppose I had about a year total at Stone Street. It feels like, um, yeah. And then it's like halfway through uh, the schooling um, because I had so much fun with those sight and sound projects i started brizzy voices just to like upload impressions of cartoons and stuff because well first i auditioned for this commedia dell'arte program in italy through nyu and i didn't get it Mm. and so i was like well i have nothing to do all summer so i started the channel to um to basically create a portfolio to audition for like fan dubs and abridged series and stuff and then that just kind of took off on its own because like one of my first videos was the voice all the pokemon video and that just kind of blew up and now i was like okay maybe i should really pay attention to this voiceover thing wow so you had already been interested in doing voiceover prior to kind of even stone street then was it you you liked animated series what where did voiceover when did that become a huge love in your life i mean obviously when that video came out and exploded that's a real nice affirmation but where did that all start for the way in which you wanted to kind of because i know you still do on camera stuff but where did that voiceover section Mm -hmm. come to be like yeah this is something i want to focus on i never really thought about it before i never like thought about the fact that people were voice actors even though i grew up glued to animation TV, uh, Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network for the most part and like Disney films and such but I didn't have Disney Channel until much older um, <laughs> so mostly Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network like primed me and just glued to it but never thinking about the fact that people were behind those voices um, and it really wasn't until that sight and sound projects that I started working on and just being in the booth and doing it and then listening to the final product and just being like whoa that's me? That's that's cool. This was so fun. I didn't have to think about what my face looked like. Like, I had acting teachers being like, relax your face. And I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have to oh worry about my, hitting my mark, memorizing lines. It's like, this is the best. I'm going to try to do more of this. Yeah, it's very rewarding if you've come from a, like a theater and on camera place to not have to yeah. worry about like what shirt you're wearing, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> is there cat yeah, hair on my shirt? Anything. No and you. And you've had this kind of, I mean, this is actually so, 
two things. First, let's talk about this. You had been making videos, creating a portfolio of stuff prior to the Brizzy Voices, though, for five years or so, you're saying, right? No. So, so okay. Brizzy Voices, I created that channel because I wanted to do a bunch of these voiceover things. But I had this channel before um, where I just uploaded random, like, vloggy stuff or, mm. like, lip sync videos and uh, just edited videos of my friends. And my very first video... April of 2006 was a fan music video of clips of Emma Watson set to Hilary Duff's Sweet 16 because <laughs> Emma was turning 16. Um, and so that was my first ever video. I uploaded like Sims 2 videos of my characters like made into Harry Potter characters dancing to like smack that and just, like, yeah. just dumb stuff. And I had like 200 subscribers and I was like, I don't want to annoy my 200 subscribers by all these dumb voices videos I'm uploading. So I'm going to start a new channel. Mm. Um, 2012. That's when I started Brizzy Voices. Wow. And that was the first video you made. The Pokemon, Pokemon video. Pokemon. Um, well, the first one was a Pokemon video, but it was like 40 uh, ish characters, including like humans. Mm. And then after that, I was like, you know, I could just take it as like a challenge and like try all of them. You don't know they're not going to be good. I could yeah. just do it to like see how it goes. It seems like a fun idea in theory. So then I did it. <laughs> okay. So when you decided to make that video, had you, was that your first try at doing all, like, or not all, cause yeah. I'm sure you've, you've done, but that was like you were doing the, the, obscure kind of characters for the first time like uh yeah i don't know what would have been like one of the most obscure voices from that first 150 like uh oh from the first one it probably would have been like porygon like sure you just like can't find porygon in the anime anymore because like (laughs) he was banned because he gave kids seizures no actually pikachu gave kids seizures but it was a scene with pokemon with porygon so now porygon's not allowed and it's i had to spend so long because this was 2012 it was not easy to find episodes with every or clips of every Pokemon of the first generation in the anime. I had to go on to all these websites, to tra- like researching where each Pokemon appears in what episode and finding that episode. And like that was the longest part of making that video that took three days just because I couldn't find the clips. To oh, my God. Now it's so easy. It's so yeah. easy. We're spoiled rotten. Yeah. <laughs> do you you know I also wonder too the psychology of why I mean obviously I, I was that kind of the first video where you felt like I'm when did it recognize for you that you had a talent for because it became kind of a, a staple of your channel which was doing kind of impersonations or yeah. doing different voices when did that fall into your life because I I wonder after doing that video and getting all that positive affirmation, if if that was the catalyst for you to be like, yeah, I want to keep doing this. Or did you know from people around you saying, you're so good at voices, you should do this stuff. (laughs) Like what was, where did you find that confidence and conviction to keep pursuing that type of stuff that you were doing? No, because I've I've never been like a doing voices in front of people for no reason kind of person. (laughs) So I I don't think I ever got that sort of, uh, reaction or response to things. Um, it was really just because that uh, those like film student sight and sounds audio projects were really fun, and listening to the final project and being like, I did a pretty good Ash impression. I did not expect I could do that, and I think I had grown up like parroting things for no reason. Like if I hear 
weird truck honk driving by. Like, I just mimic it for no reason, just because it's fun. Um, but that was kind of subconscious. I didn't really realize I was doing that for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> it was only when someone said, hey, you know, Anna, you just keep making weird noises. No like, one's ever <laughs> pointed it out, so I don't think I do it too much to the point that it's annoying, but I've noticed that I do it. I prevent myself from doing it in front of people too much. So you have but... the impulse, but you hold it back. Because that's yeah. kind of what I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like when I'm watching a show and I'm like, I really want to try that accent, or I think that's a really ridiculous voice. I want to like, then you look around and you're like, yeah, probably not the, uh, three of the room a little bit here. Not, not the time for me to try and do, uh, my, my Schmeagle impression, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's crazy that you, you never really had that affirmation from people and I also wonder because that video was such at a time where YouTube was still kind of in its inception a little bit I feel like those early 2000s late you know 2010 or whatever it was that that you made that video it was still kind of like YouTube and viral videos were it wasn't as common as it is now with things like TikTok where many people can go yeah. viral. I feel like that was something that was selected. Like people found that in a world where there's people doing impressions all the time. I also really wonder if a part of what became so successful, why that became so successful was it right in the beginning of that video, it's you and you're like, I think ha most of these are going to suck. You're just like so <laughs> straightforward about it. If, if I'm remembering correctly, you're, you're like, most yeah. of these might suck. But I think I'm pretty good, so I'm going to try it. And there's kind of like this endearing like reel in that you had yeah. with the video where whether it was conscious or not, you were just so straightforward and down to earth about it. And then the more you listen, you're like, yeah, actually, this person's pretty freaking good at these. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's not like you were a famous person trying to do it. You were just like a student in college. And you're like, let me try this. And I think some of them are going to be good. But if they're not, don't butcher me because I'm telling you right now, this is the first yeah. time I'm trying it. You can't tell me I, they're bad. I know it. Okay. <laughs> so don't bother insulting me because I'm aware. That's basically just all I was saying. <laughs> but I feel like there is some sort of p part of people, one of two things. I think obviously people like to see people fail. I think maybe there is a, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, there's, a, a, there's a portion that maybe people are like, oh, yeah, these aren't going to be good. Let me figure out how I'm going to tell them how they stink. Yeah. But then there's also the part of it like, OK, this person was real. And they're not like, look at me and how good I am. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. like. I feel like you had a combination of all the things that make a really successful viral video, maybe subconsciously. Oh. And it, it, it's so crazy that you were in that position at that time, kind of unconsciously pursuing. It's not like, did, did, did YouTube ever become a path of you to say, like, I'm going to do YouTube? Or was it like, I'm doing TV and film, and I'm doing this at the side because I have fun? Was that more yeah. or less the way it happened? Yeah, no, YouTube was never the intention, and it's it never became the 100% intention. Mm -hmm. Voiceover, or at least in the beginning, acting in some form was always the plan. And then mm -hmm. YouTube was like, I, YouTube is here, and YouTube's going to help, and YouTube's going <laughs> to let you pay the bills and feel not terrified to move to Los Angeles. Um, yeah, but I think my theory for also why that video had such good viral potential is because it crosses, there's no language barrier. The, as long as you get past my rambling in the beginning, like the Pokemon for the most part sound the same in most countries. Um, and like the first place it blew up was notengotele.com, like this Chilean version of Nine Gag, basically. And like the first like explosion of comments I got were in Spanish. I'm like, oh my god! So I feel like it had potential to blow up in a lot of different countries. 
That's so true, and Pokemon kind of has that thing where, I mean, a large part of what Pokemon is is that there is a communication and language and love that exists between these beings that don't, you know, their only form of communication is in the way that they are communicating, is that their yeah. <laughs> their dialogue is oftentimes their name, yeah. if, if they're so lucky to have a, a sound as well or something. But, yeah. you know, it's so that is really kind of like a, a transcending of, of different mediums and, and cultures and, and, and audiences that you were able to kind of uh, capitalize on. Well, I don't know if you were actually capitalizing happy on it. Happy accident. Yeah, yeah happy accident. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you sitting in the room with a pen and paper. OK, what is the viral <laughs> formula uh, <laughs> to get this? Video How can I out access there. the Chileans? <laughs> oh man! But what a what a crazy thing to happen! And I'm curious, what was the after that happened? So, what year were you in school? And what was the kind of after the, something like that happens to you? What becomes the like? Okay, I'm in the in the workshop now. <laughs> where 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 does where do I structure my life now? Now that I have this kind of thing living with me, what what became yeah. life at that point? I don't know. It, it became a, a big safety cushion for me and a big uh, confidence booster for, you know, the shy girl who was still just slowly getting shared, shared, breaking out of her bubble. College helped immensely for that. And this also helped immensely for that, just for my self-esteem in general. Um, and... What was your question? I um, <laughs> The strategy that happened it, after yeah, that happened. Yeah, it blew up uh, literally halfway. I had done two years of college, and I, it was that summer that I started. And I was like, okay, well, people are watching. I'm going to keep making it. Um, I get it, got a manager of uh, from a YouTube company, you know, um, and they helped me. In the contract, it was like, you have to upload two times a month. And I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. So I, it forced me to be consistent. Um, and eventually I made that once a week. Um, and it kept me growing and coming up with ideas and watching new shows to get new ideas to make voices for things. And to, it, it was a really good, it was really good. I could not ask for a better side job for a voice actor like it was practice and it was exposure and it was research all in one it is perfect um i'm so so lucky on that um and so i just kept making stuff and uploading and doing college at the same time and then i graduated and i knew that like all the YouTube, big YouTubers were in LA. Everyone's like collabing over there. So like 10% of me moved to LA after graduation for that. And the other 90% was like, well, all of Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney, like everything for that is casting in Los Angeles. So that's where I got to be because the only like agencies that I got connected with in New York were like, we only really do commercials. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I can't just live on <laughs> just commercials. So. Well, well you know, is. yes, I mean, commercials, and, and it's a great point you bring up. I don't know how if it, the pandemic has changed a lot of things. And this is another question yeah, I want to sure. ask you at this point. But very, tr in prior years, New York has always been considered like the commercial and promo area of voiceover and animation video games and everything else was kind of LA like you were saying, if you wanted to yeah. do Cartoon Network, you had to be in LA things are a little different now. Mm -hmm. um, in in to jump 
a, a second here. You had made a video that I just talked about earlier, you know, kind of helping people get into to voice acting. And it's so it's so wonderful to hear that the the passion was always kind of voiceover and voice acting. And you're still like so passionate about it, even with like the, these insanely huge wins happening to you right now and to know where you've come from for very humble beginnings in this way and that having been like the prize to see all that kind of come full circle is so as a spectator I feel so warm seeing your genuine happiness about it uh and it's so great that you've because the thing that I preach and it's a part of this podcast is like giving back as much as you can along the way in whatever ways you can. And you had made that video about like how to get into voice acting. What are some of the things that you've encountered um, on your journey that you're doing as soon as you kind of move to LA and your experience versus things that have changed now? Like what would you have changed in that video or what addendums would you make to that video that you had made a few years ago on how to get into voice acting um, that you feel have changed over the past couple of years now that we've had a, a pandemic and everything? <laughs> Well, first, I made one in like 2014 or 2015, and what I would change about that one was the audio quality was terrible. Mm. <laughs> so that's, that's a good uh, place to start. <laughs> not some good credibility right there. Uh, I recorded it in a living room with hardwood floors and just echoey, not good. Um, so On an airplane tarmac. That's the first thing. <laughs> Yeah, but my words were solid. I had good advice. <laughs> yeah, and that's all that matters. Okay. So basically, I remade it like a couple years ago, um, trying not to repeat myself too much, but still getting the most important parts of that in there. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, I'm not sure what would change now other than your home studio is more important than it ever was before. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like most people know that by now. And, um, and yeah, if you have the ability to make your own stuff, a YouTube channel or a, a podcast, audio drama, anything that you have the ability and motivation to self-produce, like, it's only going to help you <laughs> as long as it's not stealing anyone's material or being problematic in some way. Like, it's, it's good. It's practice and it could get you noticed. Which it very much did for you, like in yeah. in a, in a <laughs> how much would you say that having your like what part of you having this channel were you trying to either were people reaching out to you about in terms of collaborating from a uh, an acting level versus were you trying to leverage like okay this is where I'm maybe known I'm trying to do this like what part of your strategy had you created when you moved to LA to say okay people know me for YouTube but now I'm trying to do this like what was that yeah. whole strategy in terms of, of making that a reality because I think a lot of people that's where most people have a fear of is they think if I'm going to do YouTube I'm going to be known as a content creator and it's going to be really hard to kind of work my way out of that but on the other hand it's like you, you can also really leverage all of those connections that you're, yeah. you're granted so what was it like for you or maybe some of the successes or struggles you had doing that moving out to LA yeah, I think one of the first changes after moving to L.A. is I stopped <laughs> being Batman. I had this secret identity. Like, my name was a secret for two years on Brizzy Voices. Um, and after I moved to L.A. and was, like, meeting with agents and stuff, I was like, this is a good thing for me <laughs> to to ha show that I have a following and it's based on voiceover slash impressions like 
I should probably attach my name to it so that <laughs> if you Google me, it comes up as a good thing, hopefully. Some people uh, are more turned off by that idea. But for the most part, I think it, more and more, it's only more helpful. But um, that's a whole other discussion. Um, so I, I came out with my name. I said my name was Anna Brisbane. I still go by Brizzy Voices on there, but it was no longer a secret. And I try to keep my name um, attached to each of my social profiles still so that if you're looking for me as an actor, it still comes up. Mm. Um, so I guess that was the first main shift. Um, otherwise, it was kind of just keeping it up and um, doing what I, m- more frequently... More recently, I've been trying to think about what would look good for a casting director to see specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and my best friend Tessa had the idea of like voices over the ages, like old cartoons versus now and stuff like that. So I did the 100 Years of Cartoon Voices video where I took um, two or three shows from every decade since the 20s of cartoons and did impressions from those and just... Uh, changed costumes in between each decade because I'm just extra and I love dressing up. But um, but I, I I'm really proud of stuff like that and I think it looks really cool as for whoever is interested in cartoons and for anyone who's interested in casting people in cartoons. Heck um, yeah, stuff like that is fun. And um, my first agents uh reached out to me, I believe via email while I was still in New York um, being like saw your YouTube it's really cool want to bring you in to talk um, and I was like alright I mean I'm moving to LA I'll let you know when I'm there and then that's how that started um, so it's it's definitely helped <laughs> yeah I'm. that's uh, for many people the whole I mean I talk to students all the time that are I do like NYU alumni uh, mentoring oh. stuff and they and they always like the biggest thing is that I mean this is the a, a kind of a universal question you get from people and it's like the number one thing is how do I get an agent you know what I mean and yeah. to have an agent like to ha- to have an agency specifically like a voiceover agent reach out to you says a lot because it's either you like I mean he was a junior agent technically but you know same same result so but re- regardless <laughs> you got your foot in the door from someone finding mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's it's either you're a celebrity or you've gone and gotten a referral or yeah, you're yeah. doing on camera and then other agents were like it's very hard and and it's there's so no hard. And there's no real kind of strategy on like, like it's not like you go to school, you get your degree, you submit the degree to this department, and uh-huh. then they call you in. Like it's yeah, not like a traditional yeah. job, and it's so competitive. I mean, it is such a competitive, as you know. Like doing voiceover, it is it is even more so than on camera. I would say because one person can play <laughs> twenty different roles in yeah. any any given project. You Especially know, so since the pandemic. Even more so, yeah. It's it's and they want people they can rely on. They want people they know who have a good home studio. You know that mm-hmm. list is goes on and on. But to have somebody reach out to you and say we want you, you know, come to L.A. Whenever you're coming, we're ready to meet with you. That's such an amazing accomplishment. How soon after you had gotten with your agency and you started like uh, going in for auditions, did you feel like okay, this is I'm on the right path. I'm doing what I want to do because I know you also were doing like on camera stuff at the time too. Uh, I know you've done some web series 
and stuff. I watched that one valet where you you work oh at like God. as a, yeah. a valet driver. But it's all. I mean, you you. It's so clear that you have. A, a, a talent that makes you stand out and you know yourself and you know your type and you, you, you play into the things that you're good at. And I love that about an actor when they know like what they're good at and to see you do it in all different mediums, I think is so helpful. What, what, what part in your career when you start auditioning, did you feel like, okay, I, I feel like I know what I'm doing or like I, I have a, a plan to, to find success in this part of the industry. I feel like I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel we like are to a degree. Only just the past year or two feel like I'm booking jobs where I'm like, holy guacamole, it's happening. Um, because I, I moved here in 2014. I got my first agent in 2014. I've been auditioning nonstop since then. And um, so it, it, feels like I've been moving at a glacial pace, but it is just slowly but surely, you know, climbing. So I feel like I'm still trying to figure it out. But I do feel like I am. You're you're right. I feel like I'm settling into this like good space of like punky, like whatever. I, I keep getting cast as these like punky edgy girls and I'm into that idea. <laughs> And that's very apparent with kind of uh, Bayonetta 3. I, I got yeah. to watch some of your clips that would just, for anybody who just came out, you play uh, Viola, right, is the character's Viola. name? Viola. Viola, sorry. Yeah. That's, that's, you know what, I in my head, I knew it was Viola, and then me trying not to say Viola, right. I said Viola. 100%. So anyway, I... <laughs> I watched a bunch of it, and that's where it even is further solidified to me. I got to watch, like... I guess spoiler alert here uh, when your character is introduced into the game and you're at that bar scene with like yeah. you're also acting with some heavy hitters too you know, oh like, god yeah and and you steal that scene and you uh, that that edge that you have and that badass nature that you can kind of already like sense from this character um it's just so good and I was so happy to see you kind of have your your place amongst you know <laughs> some of the greatest like in this yeah. industry so jennifer hale i'm sharing a scene with dave fenoy and jennifer hale and great lyle griffin all right all right was that was that <sighs> not like i mean at this point in your career it's obviously surreal to have that happen but to think of it a little bit more analytically were you like okay I'm on, this is a nice little thing for me to, like when you saw your name in the credits, to see your name, you know, Dave Fenoy, your name's second, your name's second in the list, and then, and <laughs> yeah. then comes Yuri Lowenthal, and like, you know, yeah. like, it's just, it, was that like a moment for you? Obviously, you have the excitement and the unbelievability of it, but to, to be like, okay, I'm, I am good at this, and I am, I'm a peer amongst these people. Did that has is that when this stuff is starting to happen for you? If it, you're yeah, feeling, it yeah, it literally feels like it's just starting to happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I've been making YouTube videos for almost a weekly basis for ten years. I've been auditioning for like eight years constantly. I've been listening to myself and editing. I'm so used to hearing myself that it was not actually weird to hear myself in the game. Mm -hmm. It was weird to see myself in the credits. <laughs> Next to, like, right between the names Jennifer Hale and Gray Delisle Griffin. Like, that's insanity. It, two of the greatest of all time of, yeah, of, of, our, yeah. of our lifetime, of, 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 of the history of, of voiceover. So, I, I mean, I hope you understand that it, it just 
is a testament to how talented you are. And I'm curious if you feel like at this point, this is when you're starting to kind of get your due in a sense for, you know, working as long as you have for this these past uh, eight years now, I guess, in L.A. What do you think allowed you to book something like that or what changed in the way that you view your work or or yeah. the way you audition what do you think has led you to this moment to get a role like that what do you think was was the the connection <laughs> yeah that's, that's a, a great, great question <laughs> i wish i knew the answer i've the past couple of years i've started a folder for auditions that i book i save them and put them all in a folder that's booked so yeah. that i can listen to those auditions and be like what did i do that was yeah. like bookable here um the only like um let's see the only continuous factor the only connect dots continue well, i don't know what the word the thing that i've noticed in a lot of them is a lot of breathing a lot of breaths and <laughs> huh. like sighs or whatever um so I guess just a lot of living in it and um, nonverbals and stuff and uh, adding little little things to liven it up. That is I don't a, know. that's a great answer because I think a lot of people get hung up on the editing of their auditions and making it sound crystal clear, clear perfect. They edit out mm -hmm. all the breaths and what you're doing is you're kind of removing everything that makes that character live and breathe. Yeah. Hearing no, that. yeah, give it a moment to like have the breaths because you're still thinking during those breaths like those breaths mean something like whether you're exhausted for something you're trying to get yourself together to say something like all the breaths mean something too so as long as they're not just generic breaths like it should be breaths that you're living in yeah that you have to overthink it but you know they still mean something they're worth keeping Absolutely. There's, I mean, like you said, there's just so much life that's happening in between the lines. I mean, yeah. that that's where the difference between acting and saying lines, I think, comes into play because anybody can say yeah. that line. <laughs> but if you move that moment of a character saying like, I don't know why I'm here. <sighs> I just wanted to come. Like, if that's the line. Yeah. And that, that moment of, <sighs> that's a character experiencing frustration and conflict between whether or not, like, they should say their next line. And, yeah. and that... That is to a casting director, a producer, in my opinion, what is telling them, okay, that person can live an entire 10 sessions, uh, four hours each one, and, and create nuanced performance each time they come to the studio. So mm -hmm. it's not just like generic line, generic line, generic yeah. line, because that's kind of boring. and yeah. It's our job to be so three-dimensional and only use our voice and um it's clear as day in bayonetta and it's so cool to see you kind of kick ass in that in that character what has now i want to get it from you what has been aside from what i've probably said already about it what has been kind of the experience having something like this come out seeing this character you know having fans that are specifically like holy shit i love this character i love this series what is it like just being on this entire trip and uh, oh. ride of of having this happen insanity because I was so worried. <laughs> Why? I was so worried because I, as soon as the first, I, you know, this meant a lot to me. So for better or worse, I've been glued to everything about it. So when the first trailers came out, the response to Viola was very mixed. <laughs> and the responses to my acting were not even mixed they were just bad like i didn't see anybody say anything nice don't don't feel like you need to correct it gets it has a happy ending um 
<laughs> um, yeah, people were just very mean or at least critical about my acting from the trailers. And I was also critical of my acting in the trailers. I was like, oh no, is this really how the whole game is? But it's it's very different in the game. I feel like they picked out lines or they put lines in weird places that kind of don't do her justice. Mm-hmm. All my flowers to the people who make trailers. The trailers are still incredible as a whole. But I do understand how she comes off a more cringy and less intentionally cringy and awkward than she is in the game. Because by the time the game came out, like people actually playing the game, like the response to it has been so nice. And... I was extra worried because uh, she's a very big deal to this series, and she's a playable character for many chapters of the of the game. And so I and she's so different from Cereza from Bayonetta. She's Bayonetta is sexy and confident, <laughs> composed, graceful, like not a hair out of place. Haha, magical hair. Um, and. <laughs> And Viola is clumsy and awkward and trying to be cool and just not, um, and just like punky and, and just the opposite of Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. And I knew she was going to take a lot of the spotlight away from Cereza. And I was really worried that people who love Bayonetta were going to hate Viola. Um, and, and, um, really resent her by the end of it for what a big deal she becomes and kind of what's set up for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if people do uh, have their problems with uh, the story itself or where the series is headed, as a whole, people have been so nice, so nice about Viola as a character and about my performance that I, oh, I'm just so relieved. <laughs> and I hope you understand that that is, and, and trust me, I understand that feeling immensely. I did this. I had a similar situation with Neo, The World Ends With You, you know, a a series where there was a main character that everyone is obsessed with. And to come in and be the main character of a a series that no, like the sequel of this long beloved series, trust me, I felt that same pressure. And like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm I'm, I'm so worried as a fan, you know, like at every moment, are people going to hate this? To to have a fan response, obviously I understand what you're saying about the trailer. And that's... uh, even more triumphant of you to have had such a response up front and then for people to come back around and to really welcome you and to and to love you even though you are taking a bit of that spotlight that is a huge triumph considering the size of this franchise like I I hope you understand that that is a real testament to not only the writing and the direction and the character, but also to what you brought to it. Because you, from what you're explaining to me, which wasn't my opinion at all, is that you you were working kind of, you know, against already adversity with how people felt or perceivably were going to feel. But having the chance to kind of redeem yourself in in the game is so... (laughs) And to win, like to win over people. Well, thank God I had like already recorded everything by the time the trailer came out or (laughs) it might have been difficult to go into recording being like questioning everything that I did. Oh, that would have been hard. I never thought about that. But um, yeah, no, thankfully it was all done and it all worked out. (laughs) Well, I'm so happy for you. Really, it is an extremely... It just seems so cool to see somebody go through, uh, or it doesn't seem it is so cool to see somebody go through that whole experience and to know how hard you you've worked and you know continue to work. And I'm, I'm, I believe we can talk about this now. To you know, you're a part of a huge franchise like that, and then to be a part of like one of one of the biggest successful franchises of all time. I mean, I'm talking we're talking top five game 
series, oh, in my God. opinion, of, of yeah. all time. Uh, all time. I all mean, time. also, I mean, you're also a part of Final Fantasy. I mean, that must have been even yes. in, in the capacity that you were in. That must have been pretty much like, okay, we're talking like another top five game here of all yeah. time. Yeah, but, that was Yeah, that was the first big, big game. And it was the first time I was like, oh, ooh, okay, okay. I, you know, <laughs> in a game of the year contender, you know? It was crazy. Even if it was a teeny tiny role. It was yeah, but and still. And, and yeah. But now, as far as I'm concerned, we could talk about this depending on yes. this, this episode is coming out at the time. Uh, God of War. You're a part of God of War. God of War, Ragnarok. I'm obsessed. Okay, so if, if if we're getting future here, like what can you what can you tell us that that people without spoiling anything, assuming you know yeah, the game yeah. is out right now, what is the stuff that you can tell us about either the game or the capacity in which you're in or the experience you had making or or, or working on the game? What can you what can you share? Um, okay, well, my most of my lines come in the form of an Einherjar. Um, who are basically uh, undead warriors or warriors who go through Valhalla and die and drink all over again, you know, those. Um, and I also play uh, probably some random um, dwarf in Svartalfheim in the background, like commenting on um, uh, <laughs> dad and boy as they come through. Um, <laughs> and there is some point... Well, first, there's some point where I'm speaking in common or English um, in some bar. Uh, I don't know who exactly I am, but I'm just like an NPC. I don't know. Um, and then there's another point. I think it's in Valhalla or something like that, where I think I still am in Inherjar, but not in battle mode. I'm just speaking in Old Norse to other Einherjar, and um, it's incredible because it's just one of those conversations where if you're wandering around the bar, you can, like, overhear it, but you're not going to know what they're saying because mm -hmm. it's in Old Norse, but what we're actually talking about, and I'm pretty sure my scene is with uh, Kellen Goff and Sean Chiplock. I'm pretty sure the director Amazing. told me those were the other ones, and what we're actually talking about in Old Norse is joking, not jokingly, the idea of having a threesome. And <laughs> I'm just so excited to like find that moment and be like, "This is what we're actually talking about. This is what we're saying." I'm gonna like look up the translation of what I was actually saying. Oh uh, my gosh! And I'm just yeah. That is so fun. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. What was that like to, I mean, obviously being a part of the game is so fun, but then to like have to have the opportunity to act in, a, in like doing that Nordic language, like what was that oh, whole so experience cool. to be like, did they so help you cool. out? Like what was, did they, yeah. was that the audition? What was yeah. like how, yeah. Oh, my oh, gosh. oh gosh. The so. Audition, so the audition was fully in Old Norse. I didn't know what it was for, you know, it was just project blah, blah, blah. And I, it didn't say what language this was. It just had the sentences and it had a phonetic pronunciation and it had the mm -hmm. translation. And at the time I was studying High Valyrian from Game of Thrones and it just kind of sounded like Valyrian to me. So I just read it as if it was High Valyrian. <laughs> so um, it was like, I have one right here. It's like, Suver, well, where is it? Uh, where's one? And it's just, uh, it's just, I, you know, I, you just imagine it as High Valyrian, the same stuff. Um, and it worked. Apparently, Old Norse sounds like Valyrian. Um, what a, what a <laughs> skill to kind of like, that's such a, a great thing for people to, 
to latch on to because I think sometimes, a lot of times in these games, you're working with it, languages that they invent themselves or... Yeah, I assume they made it up. I didn't know yeah. it was real. <laughs> but you have to be able to create some authenticity in what you're saying, even if it's something that yeah. you... Uh, have no real knowledge about or you don't have the history, the background or the phonetic kind of interpretations of way things, certain sounds. I mean, especially in like these games we have grunts or orcs and things like that. You know, sometimes there's languages that are just not not easily uh you can't go to the idea website and look up uh you know like with di- different people speaking workers i guess you can watch like lord of the rings or game of thrones or something you know to yeah. get a, a sense of it but the fact that you had already had experience working in a language that is very particular like that and to, to use that as an an aid is so cool and maybe that is kind of the the thing that set you apart from other people. I mean, you booked Maybe, the role. I don't know. It works. <laughs> in addition um, to your amazing talent, let's obviously <laughs> make that that make sure that's clear. Gosh, no, I'll take it. But the going into the recording each session, they would send the lines the night before with um, a recording of I think it was someone either Icelandic or Norwegian, 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 um, an audio guide for each of the lines, um, slowly and more quickly saying each, each word and line of the lines that I had to do the next day. So I had good, good guides on that. Amazing. And yeah, when you're working with a a team that has the resources to have that available, what a gift. Uh, I mean, overall, how was that whole experience just working on that project? Was it, was it everything you imagined and more? Yeah. Yeah, um, I had never played God of War because I just thought it was some boring macho boy game. I was like, all right, balded beard muscle man fight monster, boring, <laughs> and just never looked into it. And then when I was casted it and realized what it was, I was like, okay, 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 I got to play for research. And then I played and I was like, oh my God, this is the best game in the world. This yes. is so fun. It's so satisfying. And the story is incredible. And the graphics and motion capture is incredible. The performances are amazing. It's just, it is a perfect game. Um, and so I was playing it the same week, like between sessions as I was recording, and it was just so fun. Um, and I discovered while recording that of all the efforts, all the like dying things and screamings and whatever that I've done, being electrified is the most tiring effort, exhausting effort that I've ever done. It's like, you know, you're tensing your whole body, like every muscle is flexed for seconds on end and you're emoting with your voice at the same time and whew, that knocked me out <laughs> <laughs> people yeah like you have to embody whatever it is you believe to be what happened to you while that's ha- like you know when you get set on fire i've done a lot of those things where they're yeah. like you're, you're on fire same with electric electricity it's like you got to go through the whole process of that so like yeah. ele- electricity could be you know you the whole ah, into the the come down of that and they're like yeah. okay can we get two more of those all right, actually, now we need them bigger. All right, now we need them smaller. That's a full body workout. Have you yeah. I, you ever talked to somebody electrocuted and they're like, okay, I know we just did that to you once. We're going to do it to you two more times. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to say, yeah, I'm down for that. Yet we have yeah. to do that for for various things. It's so it's so crazy and, and intensive. Um <laughs> What 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 a gift to to have been a part of these two um, games, and I, I I can't wait to see you kick butt and do more. In another in another kind of part of what's been 
successful for you as I've seen through social media is you've you've, you've gotten to work with like some of these brands and do collaborations for things like I saw you got to do the thing for like Harry Potter and like their wand yeah. like and you know you're constantly collaborating with various people and going to like the premieres for Game of Thrones what has it been like being yeah. able to exist at this like you know the oh. I, I'm, I'm gonna phrase it like this and it's gonna sound bad so don't take it like this but like the, you've made it part of like you know like the the, <laughs> the, the, the cool kids club in a way like yeah, when you're doing no, this stuff I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> does no, it feel like it's that the coolest like voice actors don't get invited to random movie premieres you know mm-hmm. so <laughs> that's not a thing I, i'm not invited to these things for being a voice actor <laughs> like i'm purely invited because i'm an influencer blah, 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 um, <laughs> who likes to post about nerdy things and movies and stuff a lot so they know that if i go to the spider-man no way home premiere i'm gonna post about it yeah um and it is the dream (laughs) so cool to be have any sort of connection with like everything hbo max makes is stunning um so i've collaborated with them on numerous occasions to promote um their releases and prime video is also just killing it and uh, every premiere that i'm invited to of a movie that i wanted to see anyway i just have to pinch myself because it's just the coolest shit and (laughs) <laughs> because I'm not doing the on-camera route, like, I know I'm never going to be invited to these things for, like, that reason. Mm. Um, so I will take what I can get. I will go as your little monkey to promote your movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I really do believe that voice acting the way it is becoming... A, a very mainstream thing that is is leaning into the celebrity of the voice actor, I... It yeah, would not more, surprise more. me if you're getting invited to things very soon in the near future for your acting credits more so than your YouTube. Because I, I, I think the more and more that these games and these um, things based on the IPs that are surrounding games and anime and animation, the more that they become huge. And, you know, we see everybody on TikTok who are just they're voice actors and have millions of followers because that's how much people love this stuff. I really I, I envision in the next few years that is going to be the next form of celebrity. Like it kind of went, you know, movie actors, then, you know, TV was kind of shunned, then we had TV actors, then, you know, now we've had like the social media influencers and content creators. I really think voiceover, voice actors, people doing anime and animation, even though they've been successful, but, you know, you'd know Mel Blanc or, or uh, and, yeah. you know, kind of the legacy names of uh, the Rob Paulsons or, you know, uh, Fred Tattashores, like those names were kind of like, okay, you might have known who they are from you know, uh, the Porky Pigs, uh, Bob Bergens. But I think now as these game series and these animes get bigger, people are going to be like, that is, that is my version of, of whatever the celebrity was 20 years ago. I really feel that more and more for sure. Conventions are solidifying that. I mean, they're think of the amount of people who come out to see uh, people for these, these games and animations they do. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something you, the much that's changed for sure. Are you looking forward to doing that in any capacity, like going to cons and meeting fans and in oh that God. way? As a, it's as... so wild because I've you know because I've been doing this for like ten years and have only had the bit parts where like it would be silly <laughs> to yeah. go to a con and be like in a line of voice actors being like, "Come <laughs> meet me for Dahlia and Monster Prom." Like, but people I might. love Monster Prom. 
it's top tier content, but like not enough people have played that game that like that is a good draw for a con. Um, but Viola, maybe. So yeah, I don't know ah. about cons yet, but at least something like streamily, something like yeah. signing like that. It's fascinating because I have done so many con meet and greets, yeah. so many, but they were all YouTube conventions. Sure. It's never been a voiceover thing, um, and I've never charged for it because YouTube conventions don't do that. So mm. it's going to be a weird adjustment if I get to that point. But um, yeah, it's going to be a weird, interesting, similar but different situation. Well, I'm so excited for you. I'm I'm just been so happy for you. Uh, kind of two <laughs> final two final things here as uh, we, this, this conversation I feel like has gone faster than any of the other ones I've ever done. I can't <laughs> believe it's already been an hour. Um, I wanted to know: is there a game or a series or an adaptation of something that you know you wish they would make this into a musical or something that you would love to just be a part of that either exists or you hopes hope exists Pokemon, or you want to create? Bring it all full circle, baby! <laughs> been ten okay. years since that video. Put me in the show. <laughs> so what would you want to play? Would you want to play a Pokemon? Would you want to play a trainer? Would you want to play, oh. like, what, what What would you want to do? And if it, it's, I'll let you answer first, and then I'll expand upon this question. I think I'd want to play a Pokemon, but I, yeah. I, don't, I don't have any specific one. I don't want to take anyone's Pokemon that they're already voicing. I don't want to sure. take anything. So if that's not an option, like, I will do anything. I'll do a person, <laughs> anything. I God, that just, I, it just, I think it would be beautiful. <laughs> well, we, I, I very much believe in uh, positive affirmation and manifesting your own uh, thing. So if you haven't already done it already with making that video, let's keep putting that positive <laughs> energy towards that because that would be amazing. And I would love to see you in uh, Pokemon. Uh, I, I hope that for you very, very soon. Um, <laughs> finally, we like to end all our episodes asking uh, our guests a question. And this can be related to the industry. It can be related to anything. Um, your life, your friends, your family, your uh, mentors, something that has happened to you, an experience you've had as the nature of this podcast is called the points of experience. And I believe that the experiences we have shape who we are as people and help us, you know, uh, kind of reach the next part of our lives, help us grow as people, experiences uh, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse, sometimes you don't really know what it is until many years later. Is there an, an experience you had, again, that could be completely unrelated to voiceover, or it can be, that had an impact on you that you kind of, it always comes to your mind talking to people or you wish the lesson that you learned from it would be, uh, you could share it with other people, something that you think even just through the the experience of hearing you talk about it would uh, impact somebody or um, make somebody think a little differently about something. Is there one that comes to mind uh, that maybe stands out amongst the rest? I know it's a very open question, but we yeah. get some really great answers. Okay. All right. Well, the first thing that came to mind, so let's go with it and not overthink it, <laughs> um, is just getting rejected from that Commedia dell'arte summer program. <laughs> I auditioned. I acted like a fool, a clown in this audition. Um, I had to like talk to a trash can or something. It was embarrassing but fun in that weird like you have to be a, a shameless actor sort of way because you're literally playing a clown. Um, and then I didn't get it and I was really bummed. Mm. But you know, that changed my life because I started Brizzy Voices and I started focusing on the YouTube stuff instead of the theater stuff. And it kind of resulted in all of this. So thanks for the rejection. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that's a great lesson, I think, to have uh, to have learned. And 
I mean, if you if you want to if you want to call it rejection, if that's the if that's the thing you want to call it, I mean, if anything, it was kind of um, a way for you to interpret. Okay, I I didn't get this one thing, but it's not all over for me. There's other things yeah. that I can do and explore and try, and that's important, I think, for anybody to to learn or to lean into. And I th- I definitely experienced that myself with um, doing voiceover in my own journey, and a lot of people find the loves of their life by doing that. The the passions that they never really knew they had by walking down one road and then being like, no, 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 go the other way. This is this is not the one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people push through that and they you know they beat that door down, and that's fine. But sometimes you find the treat is is discovering something you you loved even more, or giving your passion towards the thing that you knew all along that you loved. So I think it's a great lesson and experience to, to learn for people. And I think people hopefully will uh, take that with them in any way that they kind of interpret it. So um, yeah, even if you're denied like some experience or opportunity to do whatever you're passionate about, like you can still do something you're passionate about. If it's a creative thing, if you're an artist, like there, you could still be creative on something else. There's yeah. Just endless options of things to do and ways you can make things that just because you're denied from one thing doesn't mean you can't do something cool and even from doing that you might find your way back to that original thing like you know timing is everything like a video of Pokemon and then being (laughs) cast in Pokemon who knows if anybody is listening (laughs) but uh yes uh god Anna, this has been so amazing. I'm so happy I got so to sit fun. here and chat with you. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, My pleasure. In in addition to everything we've talked about already, is there a place that people should go and watch your... It's Brizzy Voices, I believe, on YouTube for anybody who doesn't know already. Um, but is there something coming else coming out you'd like to, to share? Is there a project that people may not have seen that you want to let people know about? Is there a video you're working on right now that you're excited to hit publish on and schedule or whatever it is? Like, what are the things you would like people to know about you if they don't know so already? Not just say, hit me up, Brizzy Voices, YouTube, Instagram. Twitter, uh, play Bayonetta 3, play God of War Ragnarok, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, and I stream on Twitch. I guess I don't talk about that very much. I stream on Twitch. Um, I'm Maybe I'm still playing God of War Ragnarok because I think I want to try to 100% it. So when this comes out, I might still be playing. Wow. Um, yeah. That's gonna be a that's gonna be quite the uh, the feat for you to do. Uh, yeah, are we yeah. doing are we doing marathon stream for that, or are we gonna take some breaks as we go? <laughs> well, I'm I don't intend to marathon, but I also didn't intend for Bayonetta, and I had like an accidental twelve hour stream. So you it never happens. know. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. And uh, such congratulations to you. I'm so happy for you. Uh, this Thank is you. It, it's really nice to see you shine, and uh, I look forward to hearing anything new that you do come out because. Um, to see someone really genuinely love and care about what they work on is, is, is such a real treat. So thank you for coming on the show. Would love to have you back. Uh, hopefully we get to meet up at some point soon. And uh, yeah, this has been such an amazing treat for me. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor. <laughs> <laughs> my, my pleasure. Have a great rest of your day. You too. <laughs> this dude's just can't, can't wait to grind some more Overwatch rank, huh? Is that, is that the... Dude... We got an issue here, man. It's just, it's just, 
I'm, we're fully addicted now. I don't know yeah. what we're gonna do. It's it's a it's a it's a great addiction and a healthy addiction. I know this is not relevant to what you're probably just listening to, but we're gonna we're gonna tie this into that fantastic uh, episode we just listened to in a second. But um, yeah, Overwatch that's been a, a really addictive game that we just need to find out the recipe to climb in a healthy healthy and positive trending way. Yeah, we're, we're halfway there. I mean, we're 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 already screaming at each other in platinum. So who knows what's gonna happen in in masters if we yeah well. However long it takes to get there, but anything is possible, and hopefully that remedy is um, solved soon. Because it's it gets to a point where you're playing a game and it becomes more stressful than enjoyable. And um, unlike what it's like when I watch any of Anna Brisbane's videos, it is all of her videos are so fun loving and enjoying, and like f- like just genuinely positive energy and. Filled with like things that I love, like impressions of every single Harry Potter character that I know someone in the background of your camera over there is a uh, a deep fan of, and so many people are. She's just like so talented at doing all these different characters. Yeah, I was sitting here. She was like, "Hey, who's? Wait, she looks super familiar. Oh my <laughs> god, that's her. She did all the Harry Potter voices. I can't believe this. Are you talking to her? Can can I talk to her? Like, I'm just like, all right, you gotta you gotta relax. A can we bit. can we be friends? Uh, yeah, no. She, I, 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 like I said in the um intro, probably and and during the interview, um, she, I, I've been watching her videos for a long time, um, and to see the success she's had and continues to have is just it's so heartwarming. Just watch like the clip that we talked about where she is finished beating Bayonetta three, and like that's I think can show you how genuine of a human being she is. Um, and gosh, I can't wait to play God of War. I don't I, like this has been how it's been a minute since the previous God of War, right? I remember like, like six months ago, I was like, man, that's gonna take forever to come out. I they've been talking like, about it for oh, a while. It's out in like four days or now. Yeah, it comes out. Let's see here, God of War. Release date is Ragnarok. Release date is November 9th. 9th. So this is out by the time that this episode airs. Very much so. So technically for where we're recording this, it's like not that far away. So how exciting. Um, It's uh, like I said, that's I'm how could you imagine like you're a part of that franchise final fantasy you're a part of uh, like a series like a main character in bayonetta like i i know that she kind of like definitely i had the energy of like she feels like like i know i just kind of can't believe i'm here but it's like that is what a seal of approval to be a part of these franchises those are the those are the best type of people that are Mm -hmm. just humble about it i and that's actually what's even better it's like yeah i'm a yeah, I'm Superman. What what of it? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Out of my way. Imagine she was <laughs> like, like, she was like, yeah, of course I'm in this game. Like, what the yeah. what the what the fuck do you expect? Of course they were gonna call like, me up for this. How many minutes do we have left in this thing? <laughs> like, oh uh, yes, the super like, and and the fact that she came on the show, um, and uh, what a I had such a nice letter for her back her back when when I asked her to come on. So, um, yeah, this was just a real treat to have her on, and uh, I hope that this was another episode for any of you who are looking to pursue any like thing that she does she's done so much you know she's she, she yeah. works with brands she's youtube makes her own content she streams she voice acts she acts she acting on camera um it, it's the, the whole package the the quintuple thread or whatever it is now that we've defined uh earlier on in the episode but um uh yeah another great episode we had what a what a what a treat um 
What should people do here for us, Joe? As always, um, what are what are the things that we should? Let's be let's let's be real YouTubers right now because this goes on YouTube. So I guess technically we're YouTubers in this capacity. Give Joe, give us the little YouTube pitch here that we should do for our, our listeners. Just um, like okay, so you're in you're a wrestler, right? You're in the ring, and you're jumping off of the top rope. Now, you're make make believe you're jumping towards the like button. Mm. And RKO it through a table, please. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes. So that's that's a, a very uh, interesting way of saying uh, smash that like button or subscribe button or whatever button you want to. Whatever is there a downvote button now on YouTube? Is that a thing? Is that a thing yet? Is there like a dislike button on YouTube? Um, if there is, don't don't do that. That's what we don't want you to do. Um, uh, but- you know, there's a band. I don't know what band it is, but they they make the crowd boo them. Oh, and they and they uh, record it and they put it on like uh, YouTube. They like they put it on YouTube. I, it's like a really pop. I think it's brand new. I don't remember, but a band like a musical yeah, yeah. band. Yeah, yeah, a musical band. Okay, they like tell the crowd to, to boo them, and they do and this then... just for like their intros to their <laughs> songs. Yeah, or... yeah. So like when you like they'll post it online and it'll just be like a TikTok of like ten thousand people just booing them, and you think it's huh. real. I mean, obviously, oh, oh, know. it's clickbaity. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, well like, you know, it probably well, only uh, worked once. Well, so this is what we should do. Anybody who is watching this, feel free to make a uh, a, a post or a video saying uh, hashtag pokes or hat pokes hashtag pox sucks and you can write a review that says like all the things that it, like that we do do so like if we're a really great podcast with great information <laughs> you say like pox is a terrible podcast they give no resources for voice actors and they have the worst guests who have no idea what they're doing uh write one yeah. of those reviews and hashtag pox sucks and we'll uh, retweet it <laughs> you know what's funny that'll get us more views yes exactly that's the point we have a camp pain now uh the the psychology of a viral do uh, not watch them (laughs) i love it well nobody freaking tells me what to do yeah i'm watching them i'm watching them now whatever you do do not watch them because if you do you're an idiot and that'll really piss people off um but cool thank you guys for watching smash all the buttons review five stars on spotify and all that great stuff uh more episodes to come thank you so much for being a part of the pox family you poxers all right peace out 